Well, welcome to another edition of the Bones of Advertising. I'm Craig McLeod. You are? I'm John Douglas and you are? And I, what? I am Zoe Carr. Zoe Carr, welcome. Guest number two, Zoe. Great to have you on board. Thanks for joining us. Thank you for having me. I'm very excited to um, get into it. Yeah, looking forward to hearing a little bit about uh, your journey over the last eight months and uh, very excited. Maybe we just start with a little bit of uh, how did you get to Not So Normal? Great name, by the way. Oh, thank you very much. Yeah, we love the name. Um, I won't take you too far back because I'm starting to get a bit old these days. But, oh, um, no, stop <laughs> it. Look at that guy. Oh, look at this guy. Look how much grey there is. I think there's greys in there somewhere. COVID hasn't been good. I, I need those those highlights done, I think. <laughs> My head looks like um, a tennis ball at the moment, so uh, I'm very happy to, to, to oh, be no. looking forward to the barbers coming back. Oh, yeah, me too. Me too. I'm starting to look like some kind of geriatric koala. No, you still look beautiful, my boy. There's no difference there. And you, you're a good-looking man. I love it. I love it already. Um, Not so normal. So I guess with 20-plus years in the industry, a little bit of time in the in-house side of things and and predominantly agency side, gone from big agency to small agency to having the opportunity at a really young age to be part of a small setup, which was awesome. I was fortunate enough to sell the business, um, which was acquired by Bastion EBA and spent a couple of years working with those guys over there, which was awesome. Um, Loved being part of their team, just suddenly having a sales force that could go and actually sort of secure the client leads for you. And, you know, if something went wrong with IT, you called someone again. It was just pretty awesome. But then, you know, that comes with its downside as well because you you suddenly lose your independence and and your decision-making process and all of those amazing things that I I guess owning your own business gives you. Um, so after a couple of years, of course, I went back and said, okay, no, I'm going to start doing my own thing again. But that leads me to, I guess, not so normal. And it is, it was always going to be a bit not so normal in the sense that the structure of the business is quite unique. I wanted a model where essentially I could bring in colleagues and business partners from all the years gone by and sort of essentially pull them into the right projects for the right clients um, and deliver fantastic results that are kind of not so normal, I guess. Love it. Not so normal. What a name. It could be apt for you and I, my boy. Very not so normal, are we? It is very not so normal. In fact, in fact I think um, I think uh, I think that could be a bone. We could pick that bone, that outside the box bone. The yeah. bone, not so normal. I love it. Without a doubt. Not so normal, I think. Don't tell me the last. I mean, one of the things that I'm, I'm I'm super interested in hearing about is is the last eight months like that that journey for you. And I mean, John and I have talked about the specifics of the event industry. We've talked about hospitality. We've talked about sport, a bunch of things. But I'm super intrigued. We've got lots of friends in this space, and yeah. I want to know what happened and, and how did you sort of cope with all of that? Yeah. Um- well, you know, obviously not alone and, and it's sort of my journey, but it's also the journey of so many others that you talked to over the last eight months. And um, you could talk about that for two hours alone, I think. But <laughs> from a personal perspective, um, I guess we came off the back of a big project for the Australia for Adidas, a key client of ours for the Australian Open, and um, really sort of worked right through December, January, pretty hard, um, going at a fair pace. So Again, the, the way Not So Normal works is we don't necessarily have, you know, a huge amount going on at any given time. We have massive peaks and troughs, so, which I love. You know, you get that little break in between as opposed to sitting at a desk from 8 till 7 
365 days a year. So we'd just come off the back of that and I'm like, okay, structurally I'd like to just take it easy for a few weeks. Let's take February and maybe early March off. I'm like, uh-oh. In hindsight, that wasn't such a good idea, was it? <laughs> the projects that got offered up were probably um, pretty valuable now I look at it. Mm. Um, so we did, we sort of took that end of January, February as a more quiet time and just tapped away at some of our smaller retainer clients and then uh, March rolled around and we had a big conference ready to go for Adidas at the time and the phone calls just sort of came in and I guess in dealing with a global client you're getting a lot more insight because they were getting the message back through from Germany as to this is essentially how it's going to happen whether yeah. you like it or not because they'd kind of already been through it and obviously yeah. the massive um, Asia Pacific region having gone through it in the latter part of 2019 so we were getting the message that that conference was off and then suddenly the other clients then just followed sort of weeks after and for me um I think I mentioned this to you when we're chatting the other day Craig you know I have as you can sort of probably tell from my experience over the last 20 plus years I've gone at a real cracking pace and my life is a my work is a huge part of it and I love it and I think that probably if um you spoke to friends and family and colleagues that I've worked with over the years they'd probably say Zoe Carr yep works her butt off and absolutely loves her business and when you sort of bump into someone at a party it's like how's not so normal going as opposed to how the kids going um so it's it is it's a really big part of my life so I really had to kind of take stock of the situation did a lot of walking and a lot of thinking and to begin with my mind was racing you know what idea can I come up with? How can I pivot this business? Um, what's the next thing? Maybe this is the right time to actually invent that product that I've always wanted to invent and do the marketing for. Yeah. And I was really sort of putting myself under a lot of pressure because that's sort of my personality type and what I'm used to. So almost um, impossible for you to stop, I would have said. Like if you were to ask me, yeah. flat out, Zoe, and then you coming to a point where it's like this, is just not. it's just not you. It's not really my personality, no. And I think the creative side of getting a buzz out of developing an idea to then delivering that idea and getting that level of satisfaction, it's a big part of, I guess, your general satisfaction in life to be able to keep doing stuff. I've never known any different. Yeah. But what I did then kind of, I guess, and I, I can't, I think the sort of the point where it, changed for me where I was racing and thinking what can I do and it was a lot of phone calls coming in what are you going to do do you think you know supportive friends but the the theme was you got to pivot you got to you got to do this you got to keep racing and um I actually went down for a short break in that what do we call it that time frame where we got a little bit of like called the window I think we call it it's called the <laughs> open the curtains and look outside. So yep. we head down to no the beach. Mask. Exactly. We head down to the beach for a couple of weeks at that time and I, I did think through it and I thought, you know what, if we're going to go through this again, what I decided was even though, you know, the money is important, take some time to actually enjoy this um, and do whatever you can to actually slow down, um, you know, focus on feeling good and the work will come. And I had to really just believe that, that, you know, um, I wasn't sort of waiting for it. We're obviously constantly thinking about new ideas and pitching new things to clients, but um, not being so harsh on yourself. And I feel that that was probably my breakthrough moment where I didn't sort of take that pressure of all this sort of pivot and trying to think of something new and just 
went with it. And, and as a result, I got the opportunity to kind of spend that extra time with my mother who I care for and I got to actually slow down. I, actually, I was probably on average ordering Uber Eats three to four times a week. Cooking now, though. And now I'm cooking every night yeah. myself and, you know, just feeling a hell of a lot better as a and result. Though you look amazing. You really oh. do. Look spectacular. I know. Oh, I was a know, good thing, Craig. You do. You look, you look fantastic. And I don't care what anyone says. When you go at that pace for so long, it does have an effect on you. And, and as you talk about, you know, John and I are thinking about the management of business and knowing what it's like with the stresses of needing that money to keep the doors open, to be in a position where you could make a conscious decision down in Blair Gary to go, you know what, I want to do something different for a little while, yeah. not forever, but I don't want to pivot. I don't want to start doing things like events in a box. What you want to do is experiential what you've always done and being in a position to make that conscious choice must have been a real good, a great feeling. Yeah, and it you know it certainly wasn't like right. This is this is the way I'm going to go because it was um, you know the reality is you still need to keep earning money. So it'd be lovely if anyone could do that. Everyone would love to just take a break. As of like the last probably eight weeks, uh, we had an opportunity and we've been able to pitch for a piece of business with an existing client, but they do have um, a tender panel and, and we've just won that, which is super exciting um, for a really, really great project. So and it's massive though, though, isn't it? I mean, you're playing it down a bit, but it's bloody massive. It's almost like the, like the light switch went off last week. Oh, sorry, turned back on last week, didn't it? Like yeah. The funnel opened. Almost talking about it now it gives me goosebumps that it gives me excitement that, okay, Last year, I'm thinking, oh, I'm going to have to work over Christmas. Like this year, I'm like, yes. Let's <laughs> work over Christmas. Let's work over Christmas. <laughs> yeah, um, and then suddenly it's just rolling in. You know, I, I don't know necessarily what that is. You know, you could sort of take your prediction that perhaps it is that Dan might give us something a little more positive this Sunday. But um, I also think it is about the businesses that we tend to work with do have that global presence, do have that national presence. And I think we've got to remember that the rest of the country is moving on and the rest of the country are kind of operating, not necessarily as normal, but certainly a lot more normal than what we are. And so with these national businesses, I think that helps that they're like, okay, we've just got to get going. So we got a brief last week to deliver five events over um, the first quarter and I sort of looked at it as a sort of a Melbourneian going are they serious but you know when you actually get your head into it and you think about it and of course we'll have to develop backup plans for that and look at contingencies but the reality is you've got to get going at some point and I think that the time is now yeah and you were saying so yesterday as well really interestingly that you're going to have to do different things in different states like Melbourne might need to be you know top, top floor somewhere where you're open um, you know and then whereas you could do Sydney, the standard hotel and conference room could still work, but you're going to have to make different things happen. And then also think about potentially getting staff to work in the different states because if you can't get there, it's going to have to be managed remotely as well. So there's a bunch of things that, that, that really need to be sort of thought of as a contingency, don't they? Absolutely, yeah. Yeah. And how do you see the future? How do you see the next 12? So what's, what's your thought there? Do, do you see... Do you see us being at the Australian Open this year? Do you see us getting to Grand Prix or do you see do you see it being a very different experience? Uh, so, yes, I do think we'll get there. I think that um, spring racing, you know, corporate marquees and all of that, no. Um, I think that the event will go ahead, but there's some really cool ideas coming out around the grand final and around spring racing with um, a lot of these great little businesses that have kind of pivoted with boxed, 
you know, event boxed campaigns. Um, you know, the big group's doing something at the moment. Um, Isodate, um, Sally Crinis, another friend of mine who's got a small business has pivoted, like pivoted really early and actually had those party packs going out in all the Zoom meetings for, you know, girlfriends on a Friday night. And a lot of my friends were really enjoying that um, and just feeling like they had some kind of contact with people. So I feel that it probably by... Australian Open Grand Prix time, we're going to have moved beyond that. I think people will be really ready for it. Listen, those box campaigns are going to need to still be around and those great creative ideas and pivoting solutions are going to have to be around because we don't know if this is going to happen again. And like one of the professors on the news last night said, it's likely that if our numbers can't get down to that, what the government is saying needs to be the sort of the five level um, as an average, then we probably will have it cropping up you know, a little more often than what we would have liked it to. Yeah. So therefore these solutions need to come into play. But I think that we just need to, you know, steam ahead. Australian Open um, is looking at 20, a minimum of 25% capacity in terms of audience and, and aiming to strive to 50% if they can. Um, and for anyone that can get along, I mean, from my perspective, it was so big and so many crowds when we were there last year that probably 50% capacity will still be a really enjoyable event. Um, what it will, I guess, put pressure on them with is, I guess, corporates investing in it. I mean, I know already that they've lost quite a few um, that are going to sort of sit across those that retail strip and the activation side of things because the audience just isn't there like it was and they can't justify that spend um and at grand prix you know we're looking obviously a little further along the track but i would say it would be of a similar sort of ilk like the audience numbers will drop they'll look at temperature gauging and all these other kind of i guess instrumental measures to ensure that everyone remains safe safe social distancing but yeah they'll go ahead i reckon at this point in time who knows it could change in june and july when we had that window i would have said the same thing and then suddenly everything turned to shit yeah yeah, yeah. there'll be a lot of um but Victorian, a lot of Victorian businesses will probably be in front of the game when if the rest of the, like if New South Wales Absolutely. goes away six months ago, yeah, we'll we'll be pre-disastered. We'll be like Donald Trump. We'll, we'll be immune. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of been like a bit of a tic-tac, hasn't it? Like when you think about the cruise industry, the thing that happened up in Queensland and then sort of the second wave that happened down here, I'm sorry, in New South Wales, and then what happened down here, it's kind of like they went big you know, with loads of cases and then it, it kind of, you know, dropped away and then we had that really large second wave and we've been sort of locked down for a long a long time. I wonder, as John says, whether we will see that sort of pop up in Queensland or in New South Wales or in anywhere else. I mean, fingers crossed we don't because yeah. it would be brilliant if we could see the world start to, you know, Australia start to open up. Yeah, and when I've spoken to colleagues in other states, like honestly all of them have been so wary of that. I think it's I think it takes more courage to actually take the time to to actually not work. Yeah, it does take courage, definitely. And you've got to be sensible about it too. Like I certainly wasn't sort of sitting back going, right, this is a 12-month thing um, because it just wouldn't be feasible. But I just was trying and I certainly wasn't kicking back going, I'm just going to do nothing. Somehow you find things to do too. It's amazing. I was never, I was never bored. <laughs> <laughs> My friends would bring me from New South Wales and go, got the best Netflix show for you. I'm like, are you serious? Doing <laughs> a watching Netflix? Are you kidding? Um, it was like every cupboard in this house is absolutely spotless. I couldn't find another cupboard to clean out. No, but I guess, you know, I got into the storage unit that I hadn't, you know, been in the office storage unit and there was so much stuff shit from over the years. 
we've had, you know, Dockland Studio that we had for years and all this sort of equipment and I jumped on Facebook Market and sold a whole lot of stuff and I'm like, okay, well, there's a project fee, you know. So just different things and thinking of different ways of actually getting the income in, which is nothing in comparison to obviously running the business, but mentally allowing yourself to just switch off a bit I think is probably the message. And I think with hospitality, I mean, that has been really tough. And you've seen some awesome, I mean, we shared some stuff on the Not So Normal Instagram the other day, just looking at, you know, the pop-up bars that are sort of popping up around botanical gardens and kids' lemonade bar, but it's for adults only and seeing people kind of now venturing out with their masks on with their picnic baskets from Entrecote and it's great to see that hospitality is sort of going that way and thinking of those creative ideas but similarly it is it's, it's almost harder work because they had to create a totally different concept within their business there's all the staff that goes with that and managing those staff that can't be part of that so yeah, mentally I think it's really, really tough to have come up with all of those new ideas and new concepts, which is also I see something that, you know, another business that we work really closely with, the Style Co, um, you know, Sarah went and, and started a whole blooms business. You know, they do a lot of flower styling as a result, but never in her wildest dreams did I think that she would actually set up a florist and she's been delivering flowers through this time, which is such a great idea. So it's awesome to see that people have gone out there and done stuff like this. I really admire it. And Zoe, do you reckon the travel's going to come back? Can you see yourself like you used to jumping on a plane and getting up to Sydney twice a week? Or do you reckon this whole Zoom, you know, this meeting thing over video is going to be something here to stay? I mean, we chatted about this yesterday, so I'd love you to share it with us. Yeah. Listen, I first of all, don't want it to become that we end up talking to everyone and having relationships with everyone via Zoom and via a screen. I think that would be really sad. But equally, I think that there's sort of, I guess, there was a slight sort of negative um, on how fast-paced I would personally go. You know, I'd get up, have to get up to Sydney twice a week. You'd be up at 4.30. You'd be on the first flight out. You wouldn't get back till about 8 o'clock and then you'd sort of be knackered for the next sort of 24 hours how I guess um, you function and and the sort of results that you achieve off the back of doing that. I still would love, I miss actually my trips to Sydney. I really miss the trips that we do as a team. We have so much fun when we go out there. We work bloody hard, um, but, uh, you know, we do have fun nights out and we make it a really great experience and I really miss that. So I guess the actual team trips where we activate and we do really big projects, yes, but I think that I'd love to see a slight change in the pace that people go at just to jump on a plane to go up to a half an hour meeting, which yeah. could easily be done on Zoom. It'd be great if the industry or all industries essentially took that, I guess, experience on board. And, and also I think it's cost cutting. The, the challenge is making sure that then, you know, organisations don't go, well, do you know what? We can do this over Zoom and it's going to be a cost-cutting exercise and therefore no one ever sees each other. I think that would be a real shame. I can just see those, just hear those accountants at client side that you used to work with going, she agrees with us. Finally. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah. That's not going to happen. That that has been absolutely brilliant insights. Do you reckon you've got a, have you got a parting thought for us? Have you got, have you got something that you'd you'd like to leave us with before we, uh, we end our episode? Um, Yeah. I think, you know, in terms of um, the whole 
COVID business and, and the pandemic, I think probably overall, um, you know, I've touched on the fact of my personal experience and obviously being able to sort of take that time out. But it's been really tough on people that obviously have families and kids and that's a whole other kind of side of it altogether. Managing the business side of things when you actually got a family of children at home and obviously all the homeschooling that goes with that and the psychological side for both couples living in that environment and obviously the broader family and the kids and that sort of stuff. And I guess it's just for um, anyone that's been, you know, in, in an environment that has been pressured, whether it be that you're so used to going at a fast pace and you're running a business or you're running a family at home, but you get that space during the day look at, I guess, the positives that have come out of that and try really hard now that the kids are back at school to draw on those. And I've I've really sort of, it's hurt financially. I look back and I think, God, next year it better be good. But at the same time, I really try to mentally draw on those positives that have come out of it for me and to hold on to them because it'll be really easy for me as things pick up again just to go straight back into the same routine and just become, you know, the same old Zoe car that I've been for the last, not that there's anything wrong with that, but I think that there are some real positives in what has come out of it. And I think for families as well, I've heard from friends that, you know, it's brought up issues, you know, in relationships, which is, you know, it could be seen as a negative. I know that we've had spikes in divorce rates and things like that, but you know what? It has brought them up and it's probably going to make people happier really in the long run as a result. And from a kids and family's perspective, dad's being able to, you know, working from home hard, but to come out at lunchtime, be able to go and kick footy in the back garden and not just be away the whole day and get back late at night. I think from the guys that I've spoken to, my mates and colleagues, there's some real positive in it. So I think draw on those and, and you know, we will get there. Summer's coming. That's got to be a better time. Winter yeah. was hard. Um, and I think the resilience that we're going to have, particularly Melbournians, um, but the whole country and the whole world really, the resilience that we've learned and the courage, I guess, to move forward and deal with things that happen in life all the time um, will be a positive out of the whole experience. Yeah. Well said. Well, very nice. Well said. Well, you know what, JD? That was Zoe Cup, Not So Normal Productions and Zoe Very Great. Not So Normal Podcast. Not not So Normal for us. Hey, don't steal my name. I think we actually may have made sense. (laughs) Let's be honest, Zoe did. I'm not sure we did, but thanks, Zoe. Very, very grateful. JD, don't go changing. I'll see you you next week. And uh, we'll wrap it there. Thanks, Zoe. No worries. Thank you.